Hi, and welcome to the Change Today podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Keela Kadeh. So, Kadeh is my last name, and in French, it means soldier. So, when we talk about Change Kadeh, we're talking about soldiers of change. In my company, we talk about soldiers of change in the place of diversity, inclusion, and equity. But here, it may talk about the workplace, but we may also talk about stories of just change in general from various different aspects of life. Change today is all about stories of change at what times may feel like an upward battle, but people are getting to their places of joy. So here, I'll share some of my own stories. I'll also interview guests who took risks and grew from their experience of navigating change to find their joy. I hope that these stories that you hear today um, will be an opportunity for you to become inspired and maybe a change today in your own life. Welcome to the Change Today podcast. I'm so excited to have the amazing Calcadon Gabriel Hannes here today. She does a million things for every entrepreneurial person and mm-hmm. women in general. In addition to being an amazing mom, um, she also is the founder and incredibly stylish person um, of Kalu. And I'm happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Of course. I wish everyone could see this cute ass outfit you have on <laughs> right now. <laughs> And your shoe game is incredibly important. And I have a lot of shoes and I don't give that compliment out. So, wow. Yeah. I'm honored. I really appreciate it. Thank I you. I have some custom Nikes coming in that say Dr. Kaday on them. Get out of here. How do mm-hmm. I get on your level? Just go to Nike.com. Oh, really? <laughs> it's got, it's like a card. <laughs> right. Pay dollars more for the customization. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. I'm excited. You should. Yeah. Huh, that's an actually cool idea for my kids for their birthday coming up oh, in October. Yeah. Yeah. They would they would literally flip. Yeah. Okay, we can for sure talk about that. But let the listeners know who you are. So tell us about yourself. Yeah, I am Kalkadan Gabrahanis, as Akila mentioned, and I am the owner and designer of By Kalu Designs. I do luxury silk head wraps as well as contemporary luxe handbags um, and some accessories. I also am business partner over at Alice on Grand in Oakland, which is a women's clothing boutique. Um, I do small business brand consulting. I work on multiple projects, um, but my favorite projects are my three children. And um, yeah, and so that that is life in 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 a day of of Calcadan. You're such a cool mom. I just mom goals. Thank you. Yeah, I wonder if my kids were here. I wonder if they would say the same thing. I'm pretty sure they would. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they would. I mean, they had pizza last night, so. They did, yeah. <laughs> On wash day, it is pizza. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing that we do every podcast is ask the guests how they are changed today. So how are they a soldier of change in their life? So how are you a soldier of change in your life? Um, I mean, that's a really hard question to answer because it's super layered, but... I am very, time. yeah, good. Okay, yeah, seven layer dip that bitch. You know? I mean, I, I, I'm a uh, very intentional about where I'm investing and who I am uh, outsourcing for jobs. Um, like I said, I work on a lot of different projects and have a lot of different uh, businesses. And so for me, it's really important that I am kind of, uh, you know, putting and reinvesting finances back into um, the Black community. Um, I love to intentionally support women, women of color. Um, And so that's something for me that 
I had to consciously do because I realized that um, there's an issue there and there's a disparity there. And unfortunately, our spending power is so strong, but we it took us so long to realize that. And so we're still kind of filling in these gaps around um, how we can uplift one another yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and do it in a way that is actually mutually beneficial, but also um, builds our um, economic wealth within our community. Yeah. And our economic wealth within our community is an utmost priority for me because I recognize that a dream and a vision um, and passion are really important things. And they are the things that jumpstart things, but the finances are the things that keep you know it going longevity wise. And so- mm-hmm. That is um, that is probably one of the most important things. I think another uh, very conscious uh, thing that I do is to look at my children as opportunities for change in the future and really take uh, a concerted effort to feed them with things around health and nutrition, things around um, balance and mental health, spiritual health, um, around love, um, around protecting their their peace and their space. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that it's a duty, like as a parent, and if, if most parents, which I think most parents have the intention to do so, but we're also dealing with our own trauma. And so sometimes it doesn't come out in the best ways. But yeah. um, I think that if most parents took the time to really instill some, um, some of these values in our younger parents, People because they are the ones essentially that are going to carry this torch. Um, I feel very hopeful for their generation. And so our, our youth are very important to me. Mm-hmm. And by children, you know, not just my children. I, I invest in my, my uh, any, ch- any child that's in my direct contact. I mean, it could be a stranger at a park, you know. Um, I look for opportunities to uplift and speak life into children. So uh, that is definitely another way for me to kind of enforce this change that I believe our world needs. Um, some other things I've worked on and that I, I use as ways to manage change, like a positive change is being honest with myself. And that took like mm. a really long time for me to come into. Yeah. Yeah. I, it took me a really long time to figure out what are the things that I love about myself? What are the things that I want to grow into? What are the things that I'm disappointed in? What are the things I need to forgive myself for? And um, when you come into alignment with who you are, like really who you are, not, you know, not who you are on social media, not who you are at parties with some alcohol or with <laughs> under the influence of an edible, but like who you are in your bear, um, you have some questions to answer and you have some work to do. And when you reach a place of alignment with yourself, I think your true purpose and your true work kind of, it shines really yeah. bright. It yeah. shines really bright. And so I work on being honest with myself. It also allows me then to receive other people in their purest, truest form, right? Like then I'm not so critical. I'm not so judgmental. Um, I do push the people I love really hard. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I like to consider that as a positive kind of criticism as opposed to judgmental. I used to be very, very judgmental. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I I have so many questions from what you just um, shared. One, well, I still judge people. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm also my true authentic self. But it's more so like I've narrowed it down to fashion. Like what's happening here? Mm. Why do we do these choices? You know? And I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just like fun judgy. I like it's not, judgy. it's not with the intent to hurt anyone's feelings. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, so and I go up to it's not malicious. I'm saying, why did you put all these pieces together? I have done that. To, to regular, to random No, people. no, no, no. No, oh. to like but people, people you know. that, yeah, people that I know. Oh, and, yeah. and And they're just like, hey girl, like, I got this shirt and I'm wearing it because I thought of you. And I was like, why? This is so trash. Like, <laughs> the whole look is so confusing. Also, can I have your shirt? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think there's there's a level of like, fun banterish judgment that's like very it's just like not malicious and you're yeah. definitely just yeah because totally. we have thoughts and opinions we have thoughts and opinions yeah. we also have stereotypes and, and biases too mm-hmm. like on top of it too but I think acknowledging that you have those things then you can determine if you're being unhealthy judgy <laughs> or using those stereotypes or right. the bias in the wrong way um, which goes back to self-awareness and you know being your true authentic self Another thing you mentioned that I think is really important is trauma, mm-hmm. right? And whatever, and well, I'll just narrow it down to us as Black women. And for us, we have different cultures that we're part of too. There is a fun amount of trauma that comes in from just, I don't know, being a Black woman who owns a business mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever may have happened with family or what have you. But when you get to the place of the purpose and passion and all those things aligning, that means you've had to deal and process. And maybe you'll probably always, or I will, I can speak for myself, will always deal with whatever trauma that I have. But I'm aware of that. And I do more in life that supports the good opposed to the bad that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you, you don't have to go into the details about your whatever trauma may have happened for you, but how did you work past that or how do you continually to work past that? Yeah, um, it is, I I can truthfully say that um, I have healed from my childhood trauma and um, I'm going to be- incredibly powerful statement. Yeah, and it's, this is actually probably the first time I've said it out loud to somebody, to be honest with you. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a, a relief and a burden that I've let go, I would say, about two and a half, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always been really introspective. I've always been hard on myself. I've always asked the hard questions. Um, I have recognized the damage I've caused in other people's life. I, um, so I started actually, my, my healing came with holding myself accountable around my parts, my parts in my marriage, not working out my parts in friendships, not working out my parts Mm -hmm. in business, not working out my Mm -hmm. parts in hurting my siblings in certain ways, my, like all of it. it, it, So my healing started with me taking responsibility for my part. Mm-hmm. And I chose to work in that way. No one ever told me to, for whatever reason, it was very instinctive for me to be like, like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Literally fell to my knees, like, what did I do? What did I cause? And so when I said, mentioned to you earlier that I forgave myself, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I meant. I took responsibility for what I did. I forgave myself. I left it at the altar. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not about to revisit the thing that I've asked for forgiveness for, that I've acknowledged, accepted responsibility for, and also that I've taken action to uh, repair. Um, and so that's the biggest part. The things that were done to me... Um, 
surviving uh, molestation, surviving uh, my parents' separation, and in the way that it happened, because it was a, it, it, yeah, it was it was a bit toxic in the way that that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, surviving my father's death, surviving some really close friendships um, that I had to let go of. Yeah. Um, again, surviving uh, my my uh, marriage failing. There, there's been some really like intense moments in my life. Um, and for me, those things, they were things that I had to realize it was either, you know, it was either this like chain and shackle that I was just going to carry with me, Mm -hmm. or it was going to be this thing that I was going to actively free myself from. And I chose to free myself from it. And I did work and I speak it. Um, I, cry about it. I screamed about it. I prayed about it. I meditated on it. Mm. Um, I went into isolation over it. And I, I just went through all the different levels of healing that have to happen. It's not just a therapy couch session. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not just a conversation with a girlfriend on a couch. It is multiple levels and layers of healing that have to happen and within their own seasons to mm-hmm. get you to this like holistic place where you're like, oh, um, so you forgive yourself, you accept responsibility for your part in the things. Um, and then in the end, I tell myself I deserve happiness. And it's quite simple for me. I deserve happiness and I deserve to uh, live in abundance and I deserve to feel satisfied and gratitude. And I only want to align myself with things that bring me closer to those results. So childhood trauma has been dealt with. Um, and I think that active trauma can happen, right? Like mm-hmm. we have friendships and relationships and like you said, entrepreneurship struggles or, or uh, journeys. So there are things that tra- that can cause trauma or triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not as deep rooted as the things that I've mentioned, but uh, I, I work really hard to remove myself from those situations very abruptly. Like I can recognize I've got like spidey sense. On yeah. Now. I'm like, nope. It's you being judgmental. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like this is not going to work. Exactly. Um, well, first I want to say, I feel so honored that you shared what you just shared because saying that you've healed is like incredibly powerful. And um, it's, I was taking notes with these gems that you're dropping, mm. which is great. Just like us reminders because when there's opportunities to have these powerful statements or these gems that you shared there are always things that selfishly I can look back on and I encourage the listeners to look back on when you're feeling triggered from dealing with whatever the situation may be or trauma or not realizing that you do have trauma and that's why these things are coming up um I also like you have experienced a lot of fun things in my childhood. Um, mainly just, I am a child of a narcissistic father. Mm-hmm. So that gave me all kinds of issues. That's why I'm horrible at dating. And it took me forever to figure out what love was. And um, I've been in abusive relationships. So, you know, like all that stuff I've been able to process. And so now I am the abrupt person. <laughs> mm-hmm. He says, no, um, 
I probably could be faster in my abruptness. <laughs> so I have to text a dude right after this. So I cut it off. I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to cut it off. We're going to get to dating. We are going to get to and, dating. And, and, and marriage and other juicy stuff. Let's oh like, God. I want to pause on that one. Yeah, we have lots to say. Yeah. I just, I just want to say that I am so incredibly proud of you because it's, life is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Stop. But when you have the other stuff that's thrown into it and to be in this place where you were literally like smiling while talking about how you've overcome your Mm, trauma, mm -hmm. which just shows you how free you are. And the simple fact that you acknowledge that there are those triggers that are out there. Like I was, as you know, recently triggered flying. Mm -hmm. Um, I... I know my greatest hits, which is isolation is what I do because I have to be in my own space. I have to deal with my depression. Mm. I have to deal with chronic pain, all these things. And I don't have enough energy to give other people besides a paycheck. Like when paychecks are there, I'm like, hi. Yes, exactly. I got <laughs> how energy. Are you, how are you feeling? That's <laughs> happening, right? Because, you know, I got to pay people myself. Yeah. Um, but socially, I will shut down to get to a point of, you know, like rebuilding, um, getting back out there. But it is more work to be over trauma than to live in it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because it's easier to just wallow and like be sad. I'm like, my life fucking sucks. And this is, and this is why it's going to happen or perpetuate what we may have learned in childhood to me. I was like, oh yeah, this abusive thing feels right because that's how my dad was. Right. You know, right. and I wasn't realizing that love wasn't that because that's how I learned love. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that love was not when um, the guy was available. Because mm. my dad, I would see him once a year for the majority of my life. So when he had time for me, I was like, okay. Right. The right. guy has to have time for me. Not that, you know, it should be reciprocal. Right. Or even a little bit more on my side. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you shouldn't have to beg for time or be happy with a gift or the gift of time or the gift of an actual thing. Like, so I remember being in therapy years ago. My therapist was like, yeah, so... Um, how old are you now? And I was like, I don't know, 20, I think it was 24 or 25. And she's like, okay, well, um, let's say it's been about 20 years that you've learned this behavior. So it's going to take you some time to undo the fact that you date assholes. And I was like, wow. All right. And here I am 37 feeling like I'm finally (laughs) figuring it out, like figuring it out. Um, still, you know, lots of frogs through that way. Um, mm-hmm. but I think because of those experiences, it allows us to be multifaceted entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have 7 million businesses and I, I get that. And yeah. I also have seven, I'm a slash person now. I'm the person <laughs> I would make fun of. <laughs> I'm like, okay, activist slash model slash yeah. founder slash host. Right. And I'm, I'm not, an, I, you know, I do, I do a lot of things, but I like have, I have slashes now, and, mm-hmm. but I get it because it allows me to be my purpose and passion and exactly. joy and not limit myself as I have in past relationships, personally or professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about something that I think is always exciting and fun, which is people asking for free shit. Free shit. Free 
shit. We're talking to you. If you are listening to this, stop <laughs> asking people for free shit. Unless I gift something to you. By the way, thank you for being a sponsor for, oh. <laughs> for the podcast launch. And a head wrap, and you know where the home went. Yes, and yes. I, like, oh, she yeah, rocked she, it too. So she wore it cute. so well. So... No, that was my absolute honor. Um, and and I, you and I were touching on this earlier. I, there's definitely a difference between um, leveraging relationships in healthy ways um, that mutually benefit both parties or all parties. So that, you know, that, that, that gifting for me was me recognizing you were launching something really new and powerful and beautiful and necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are, there are, there, there's also um, a blessing when you're able to bless somebody. And I take, that's a privilege. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege to be on the other side, to be like, oh, I get to do this for somebody yeah. and not being the one that needs it. And so um, I take that to a very high, high standard. So I was, I was honored to do that. But taking the free shit, there's a lot of free <laughs> shit taken folk. <laughs> a lot and yeah and um well what's your question around it let me let me start i have i feel like i have so many questions on it let's let's narrow it down to uh fellow entrepreneurs do you want to make it specific to just women in general i think no you know i think it's i think it's people so <laughs> yeah all, all of them sometimes <laughs> yeah, sometimes people suck but this is my thing um, I have been doing what I've been doing for a long time now, right? So I'm going to go ahead and say um, since 2006, I've essentially been an entrepreneur. And I, from everything from owning my own makeup and stylist agency in um, L.A., um, that explains a lot. Mm. <laughs> My degree is in clinical psychology. I like, I dripped, I worked in that. in clinical psychology? Yeah, yes. And I worked in that field for a minute and then I lost my father and needed like my own headspace and walked yeah. into Mac boohooing. And I, you know, they were like, hey, by any chance, like, we love how you do your makeup. Like, we're looking for a third key manager here. Like, do you want to interview? And I was like, oh my God, I just quit my job. Yes. <laughs> Where do I sign? And so I did an interview and I went to my car and then they call me back for the second interview as I'm walking to my car. I Anyway, I get the job. And so I was with Mac for about six, seven years, seven years. What? Yeah. And so it just took me. And then, and that was in Michigan. So and I grew up in Toronto. So I've been all over, but I ended up in LA. And in LA- um, With once, Mac or just outside? Uh, I, I actually had left Mac and then got back with Mac when okay. I was in LA because I was like- what? $227 in my bank account. I was like, <laughs> this dream is not working out the way I thought as fast as I thought. So, um, which is why it's really important for you to leave a job with grace and, um, and professionalism, right? Because uh, trust me, I wanted to throw the deuces up in the worst way to mm-hmm. Mac, but I didn't. And so now when the opportunity came, well, it was an opportunity. I needed a job. I was able to tap into that opportunity with Mac. Um, and because I left on good accords, it was fine. Yeah. But yeah, so I got into entrepreneurship because, um, you know, my then um, boyfriend who ended up being my husband, I was like, he was like, man, you're a great artist. And there's this entrepreneurship thing in you. Because by the way, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. that's all I've known. Yeah. Um, uh, he was like, you should just have your own agency, represent your own makeup artists and stylists. And I mean, I was, you know, I did makeup on a bunch of people and I was like, hmm, I will. And I landed Warner Brothers as one of my first clients. Yeah, no it, was, it was, yeah, it was really dope. So I say that to say, 
I I literally, you know, built uh, the the entrepreneurship um, portfolio that I have brick by brick with some like branches in between girl. Like it was, you know, it was really intense. Um, I didn't always even have the glue to hold them bricks together. And, and so I've now gotten to space. Let's fast forward. Right. And we're in almost 2020. And when I have people who, who want to pick my brain around things, I'm very honored. Cause I think, again, that's a blessing to mm-hmm. be on that side where people look at what you're doing as an inspiration. Absolutely. So I don't take that for granted. However, what I do find issue with and have issue with is when um, people want to consume a lot of your time um, and don't have the sense or the, um, decency to be like how do I compensate this person for it? like let's talk about how I can pick her brain around this maybe there's something I can offer her or maybe she has a rate mm-hmm. you know maybe she's willing to work with me like whatever it is I think it's so important and in particular in the black community that we are offering a financial um what is it like a, a like like I I don't want you to gift me shea butter. I don't need shea butter for my <laughs> services. I don't want I don't I don't need hair oils and like whatever it, I what I need is to pay my bills. Right. What I need is to secure a future for me. Right. It is hard facts. Living in the Bay Area makes it even more important that I secure those things. The only way I can continue to bless my community is also if I secure my finances and I have that thing you know those things under um, under control. So I find that that people want to have these conversations. They want to pick your brain. They want your services. Um, they want your time. And they at no at no point offer to compensate you or bring up compensation. And financial compensation is where the level I'm at right now in my career. Mm-hmm. And I think when you first start off, you feel like you're not worthy to ask for money for what you're good at. So right. you're kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll barter pro bono, like all of that. I am past, I'm fucking good at what I do. I, you, you don't stay in business this long through luck. No. So I would like to be respected and honored through financial compensation, public service announcement. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's just, it's just the fact, and you should want that as well. And my conversation with you is going to gear you towards that because we can't all be around here broke trying to have change. Yeah. It's just not possible. And people need to get real about it. And listen, I've been in situations where I wasn't able to afford the rate of somebody. Like Mm -hmm. just very recently, like I needed a videographer for this project that came up in my dream and in my spirit really quickly. I wanted to piece it together. And I, these next few months, there's a lot of output of finances for me. It's it's what I typically call investment months. I'm investing a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just didn't have this like disposable money laying around where I could just be like, oh, like typically I know this would probably cost a thousand to like $1,200 to have this videographer do what I need. And so when I was talking to her, I was very like candid from the beginning. I'm like, look, I'm sis, I'm going to be real with you. Like there is a budget. Mm -hmm. It is not what you are worth, but my goal is that this project takes off and at the very moment that I have it within me, right, to like pay this person what it's worth, I that's what I want to be able to do. Mm-hmm. I want people to get paid what they're worth. But or at the, do a bigger collaborative project. Yeah, yeah. and to continue working together. Right. And so I, I told her what my budget was, you know, and, um, and so for me at that moment, I was like, okay, I have this much to pay you. And she was very understanding and was like, cool, like, 
I, you, you were very candid with me from the beginning. Like I can work with that budget. Right. Um, so for me, it's, it's interesting because I don't ever want to disrespect somebody and not pay. Mm. I, like, I take it. I, I actually feel shame almost. Like mm-hmm. I feel guilt around like, God, I really need this person. Like they would be that they're the missing link in what it is that I'm trying to do. I just don't have all the resources right now to pay them what they're worth. So mm-hmm. I recognize that communication transparency goes a long way as well. It does. Yeah. You know, so sometimes if you don't have all the financial backing, mm-hmm. it's, beautiful to be transparent enough to say, listen, I don't have all of this right now. This is what I do have. And sometimes it's, it, you might not get everything you want for it. They might be like, all right, your budget's 500. For 500, this is what I can do. And, right. and, and you know, you, you find your way, you work your way through that. And like you mentioned earlier when we were talking about it, the person might be like, you know, well, right now, this is my rate and this is what I need. And you might have a potential customer in eight months when they do get the money to be able to mm-hmm. pay you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always about that immediate dollar. Um, right. I've had a lot of business come over time mm-hmm. and people are like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. We spoke, you know, nine yeah. months ago and I'm actually ready to do the business coaching thing or I'm actually right. ready. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So as long as you have the capacity. Exactly. I find oh, so, so many things with people wanting free shit. I think it's really important to be clear and transparent about the partnership or subcontracting or how you can help someone take their business to the next level. Mm -hmm. But I also find even with that, that people don't truly understand that because they have their own hidden agenda or Mm -hmm. expectations that are in there that make it for um, a difficult relationship. I've consulted with someone before to do some event planning and I was like, here's the deal. This is what I can offer you and draft up a contract. X amount of hours cannot go over this dollar amount. Mm-hmm. If you feel you need more time that we have to discuss it, you know, prior to. Also, I'm not available to help you besides here's the vision and then just work with my operations director. I received an invoice well over the allotted Hours and time. Mm. So that was disrespect number one. Mm -hmm. And then when I questioned, because it's like, okay, well, maybe you had additional work, but I don't understand why you didn't check in with me about that. Yes, I said I wasn't available to do things, but I made it clear that if it's around your hours or your money, you have to contact me. Then it was a whole, well, clearly you don't know what you're doing so I'll have to break it down for you. Now, this is prior to me paying this individual. Wow. Yeah. And also saying that this is why you don't work with your heroes. Because it's not what you expect. So it appears that this individual wanted some like mentoring or probably coaching, which is one of the things I'm known for. But I made it really clear that I didn't have the time to do that. But I also made it really clear that I wanted to um, have opportunities to grow with this person, maybe do more collaborative projects and mentoring when I could do it. So even with those expectations, sometimes it doesn't necessarily work out. The other big thing that I feel that happens when you're in the entrepreneurial space and you are, you know, creative and you can do lots of different things and have lots of different businesses is that people want, like you said, to pick your brain. Mm -hmm. They want free advice. But the thing is, is that it's not 
my advice is not free. Your advice is not free. You can always kind of barter or like figure out how to um, see if there's a way to do an introduction to someone that may provide an opportunity to speak at a conference or, you know, get your product in right. something. Yeah, connecting the dots. Right. Mm-hmm. You and I. Right. I was like, you know what? You and your cute ass videos with your kids <laughs> needs to like mm-hmm. that whole thing. Anyway, so like the mother Mac yeah. connection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You didn't ask for that, but right. I was like, this needs to happen for you. Yeah. Also appreciative of you just in general. Um, but making sure that that has happened. Right. We have not given each other money, but we have given each other things that say, I support what you're doing. You support what I'm doing. And we actually both really didn't ask for that, but it's just that. It came very, it, very yeah. organically. I agree. Very organically, but it's just that that respect and reciprocation. So um, when I've even had calls where I've sent out my price sheet to a potential client looking for either coaching or strategy work or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we just want to pick your brain on a couple of things. What do you, what do you think we should do as far as our diversity strategy? And what do you think we should blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so are you looking for me to consult with you or are you looking for a coach? Well, we're not quite sure. I'm like, okay, well then I highly recommend that you just look at the pricing sheet and whatever you're looking for, contact me and we can start a contract. Mm. Right. And then you just shut it down. Cause I, yes, old Aquila, I would sit there and be like, well, tell me what you're doing with your ERGs or employee resource groups, or do you have a, a diversity lead and, you know, do, giving out free shit. That's worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So I just refer to my price sheet. Right, right. Yeah. If you have any follow-up questions, you can talk to my operations director. Yeah. But I'm expensive as fuck for a reason, because I have a wonderful skill set mm-hmm. that lots of other people get paid for. Right. Um, the other thing is that I care. It's a gift and a curse. I'm nice, also a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. So I do, especially if I see like a woman of color and I'm like, you know, you got this. Like, so you could do it, like stay focused. But then here I am having a whole ass coaching session with someone, not spending time on building the empire that we are both building, mm-hmm. uh, not resting because that's what I need to do. Not watching Netflix. I'm <laughs> sitting here giving this person free time and energy that I don't need to do because other people who pay me get my time and energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had to realize that sitting there for the hour, hour and a half, however long, emails, follow up, blah, blah, blah. But I just shut it down. And I'm like, you can have 15 minutes of my time on the phone. Yeah, I mean, I think that also there's just been like this, you know, shaming around um, Black people wanting compensation for their skill and their talent. Like no other race ever has an issue around requesting payment, wanting monetary compensation, you know, like they're very clear about it. In fact, up front. Yeah. Right. Business is business. It's something around within our community. I find that there's almost like, man, like brother, look out, sis, look out. Yeah. And, and then if you don't, you're considered a sellout or like you're, you know, you, you've, you've forgotten about your people or you think you're better than, or, um, you know, you, don't have the capacity to really like, you're not sewn into your community. And so it becomes almost this internal battle where you're like, I really want my people to be at this place. And Mm -hmm. I really want us to stay connected and, you know, collaboratively, collaboratively and collectively grow in all areas. Yeah. Um, We need 
money to do that. Right. Like we need money to do that. It is the bottom line and it's the bottom line for a lot of reasons. Um, And so I, I do believe that I've been in situations where I believe in the person, I believe in their work ethic. Um, the timing was right, that I was able to to work with them and, and indirectly coach them mm-hmm. or share my knowledge and my expertise with them. Um, but it felt right. It felt good. And there was no monetary compensation, but something about it felt like this is, this is okay. Like right. this is, I'm fine with this, you know? Right. And so you got to listen to yourself too, because I'm not saying every time someone's like, hey, I'm like, hey, that's $20. Like, I, you know, yeah. as soon as I'm just, I think what we're both saying is just, for those of you who are trying to build a business, you have to invest. Right. And if you're having, if you're, if, if, if your initial, you know, capital resources are tight financially, mm-hmm. we've all been there. There's no shame. Yeah. Communicate it. And right. communicate it so then we can assess what can we, how can we be mutually beneficial to each other. Right. And also understanding that sometimes as lead entrepreneurs or people who have gone through the fire, I shall say, um, or are still in it, but have figured out kind of a, a game plan around it. Sometimes we have to, you know, give things for free. Sometimes we have to um, share our knowledge or expertise, but it's at our discretion, A. Eh? Yeah. And it is also um, not to be expected. Um, and if you decide you don't want to, you shouldn't have guilt. So I think that those Absolutely. are like the three things that you cover, right? Yeah. I just don't want people to take away from us as like, man, like <laughs> y'all, like you guys are hardcore. Yeah. But but I think you have to be hardcore and diligent yeah. when you want to see change. And, and and we do it in every other aspect of our lives. Like if you want your hair well, to grow, you'll be there heating up the castor oil, yeah. putting it on your edges, right. religiously trying to wait for your baby hairs to grow back. Right. You put in the work on the things and in the things that you want to do. And I, you know, so I, yeah. Just don't ask for free shit. <laughs> don't expect it. Have conversations around compensation. When, when you are approaching someone that you look up to, that's a mentor, that has the expertise, the knowledge, or is at the place that you are attaining to get to, you wanting to get to, please bring up compensation because it's very awkward and disrespectful to not. Incredibly. It's so, all, right. so just bring it up. The balance of how much, what the rates are, all of that. Honestly, when you when when everything's aligned and it's within purpose, it works itself out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So a couple of things to that. Um, yes, working out like a budget or whatever. One piece of advice that I got from an incredible entrepreneur is to always show the percentage that that person's paying you from your full rate. Right. So if it's normally a thousand dollars to do this thing, and you're willing to do it for half that, then you can say a thousand dollars, but 50%, you know, pro bono or something like that. Mm. So it has integrity and value. And so the person knows how much you're doing for them. If you um, choose to do that. The other thing is um, when you're in the nine to five space, um, time is your money as it is for an entrepreneur. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting there mentoring this, millennial or a peer or, you know, putting all this time and energy into a project that gets shelved, then you have to decide, am I going to continually work in this environment? 
am I going to have some boundaries around where I'm spending my time and energy Mm -hmm. within the way that you can do it? Because time is also just as valuable as the monetary side too. When it comes to anyone, relationships, in a nine to five space, being a business owner. So that part is important, which gets back to how you choose to use your time as an entrepreneur and who you're investing it in. Mm -hmm. So like Vita, she's my amazing operations director. She is. She's on it. mm -hmm. I really, I'm really impressed. I've never met her, but but she's in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) that's why I've never met you, Vita. But but via email, Vita is bomb. Yeah. She's on top of it. I did not know how I lived my life without her. Yeah. Because I was me. And then also doing operations and also doing like my schedule. Anyways, she makes my life so much easier. But a lot of people don't know the story of Vita, which is I met her in an elevator bay in Detroit. We were at two different conferences at a mega hotel. And me and my magical powers, I said something to her. Um, She wasn't really fulfilled with her job. And then I was like, you know what? Here's my direct line. Just call me. We'll set up a couple of like hangout chats. Just don't worry about it. She's younger. Like, don't worry about the money. Um, We'll just do that. So we did that for about a year. She ended up leaving the job because I was like, it's awful. Um, (laughs) You know, she realized what she needed to feel valued and appreciated in the workplace. Um, And then was just taking time to figure out what she wanted to do. I needed some help with like getting my life together. So we started with like a little contract. Um, And now she's the operations director. And um, it was the best use of my time, you know, to have that. And now we're going to be doing more work together because of a new project that we have. um, So I can give her everything that she needs, which I've been Mm. working hard for. So it's like, okay, I need to pay myself. And these three people, but I really wanted to give her more money because the other people are where they should be. But for her, right. I just wanted to give her more money. Yeah. You know, so I've been working hard to give her more money, but it was, it's definitely worth the investment. And I think through trials and tribulations, again, in a nine to five space, personal space, or an entrepreneurial world, it does take time, trials and tribulations to figure out how things are going to work. And for everything I say, strategy is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So me as a very anal Virgo, I'm like, okay, so if I meet this person here and they're connected to this company or thing or have access to a source of something that could potentially be beneficial for me somehow, then possibly I will be here. So then, yeah, I'll have lunch with you and maybe give you some gems to get to a point where they've shown me enough if I'm just patient that I will get something out mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, leveraging, leveraging relationships. Yeah, totally. Um, but and, if it turns- investing. Yeah, but if it turns to not good, then walk away. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like you said, they'll come back around, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I am a new coach and speaker for Wine and Kennedy. Mm. Yeah, and so for those of you who don't know- So tap in and finger snapping <laughs> over you. here. <laughs> they are the creator of Just Do It. Yes. They are Nike's ad agency amongst a lots of other different companies. And so they're like, yeah, we want you. But this relationship started in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have, you have, you have, there's a grooming. There's a grooming process. Yeah, and I'm going to do work with them for the first time next week in Portland. Which is Portland, so. I hear Portland's kind of awesome in its own way. You're very kind. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, my sister was like, yeah, I have to go to Portland next week. And she was like, well, that's a city. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Wow, this is a yeah. I was like, why are you being such a hater? Real with it. I'm like, Nike's there. There's black people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I feel it. But I mean, you're absolutely right about grooming relationships being intentional and strategic. And I think sometimes when people think strategic, they think it's almost like um, uh, you're being really calculated, like in this like using a person type of way. Um, And it's, I mean, that exists, but absolutely, that is not what it is as it relates to uh, business when you're a good person because you will still honor people. You still treat them with respect. Yeah. Um, but what you're doing is you're forging and forming relationships. But there's usually reciprocation that happens. Of course. In one way or another, whether it's like, I'm going to pay for this lunch or there's a follow-up call or they want you to meet someone else. Right. You know what I mean? Or again, in the nine to five space, come to this conference, meet this person. Well, also, honestly, unless you come from money or you're this really well-known socialite, this is how it happens. You yeah. have to put I yourself in position. Right. Well, yeah. apparently my father has shared that he is part of the 10%. So not the 1%, but oh. the 10%. Okay. So I'm like, all right, cool. All right. Um, you know, we don't talk, but I look forward to my inheritance. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, the, the truth is, is that unless you are, you know, lucky and blessed enough to have yeah. those things as your background, you have to rely on your relationships. And I tell people they're so important. I like emailing people back is really important. Oh, yes. Um, not leaving people hanging on text messages is really important. Not like really honoring I'm doing that right now, but yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there doesn't need to be this urgency where to the point where it becomes really toxic for you and your time. Yeah. Um, I have this thing where I give myself literally 48 hours to answer people's emails. Of course, unless it's like this urgent thing right. where it's like requiring an answer in that moment, but I give myself 48 hours and I try to hold myself really accountable to that mm-hmm. because um, you never know who that person is you know, how that person can affect or impact your life. Like Mm -hmm. you just don't know. And when you treat people with love and kindness and priority, Mm -hmm. right? Like when people feel valued and prioritized, they're, they're more like, they're more apt to be like, you know what? Yeah. I remember like Akilah sent me that really nice thank you card. Mm-hmm. Right? Like after I, I gifted you guys the wrap. Yeah, true story. <laughs> you know, it's those little gestures, those kind things, those the, the human connection, the effort that, and intention that you put behind building relationships that in the long run are is going to be the reason why you're successful. Mm-hmm. Because it takes a village. Like it literally takes all these really interesting moving parts to come together for you to get mm-hmm. the thing that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and entrepreneurship is a really lonely journey. Mm-hmm. It's lonely as fuck. So, so lonely. Yeah. So you have to, you have to really, um, I mean, I feel like I have you. a good try. I think, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we're blessed to have like a tribe, right? right. But at the end of the day, yeah, Zio, Zimara, yeah, yeah. There's, there's wonderful women who are doing incredible things, you know, but I, but in the end, your struggles and your, yeah. your fears, your, um, your direction, even like, mm-hmm. Hey, maybe now I want to shift my business to this or yes. should I add this on at the end? Do I, that's, do it, do I not? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's you. Those are your intimate moments and thoughts yeah. with you, with your entrepreneurship, you know? So I, I recognize that it's important to build relationships so that it makes the journey less isolating, less lonely. Um, and I strongly believe that human connection is absolutely necessary to um, 
to make things happen. Human connection is incredibly important. I feel like on every podcast, I just talk about, well, in general, when you grow and evolve, like how we started talking about like trauma in general, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, you lose people along the way because Mm -hmm. you realize that they're tapping into something that is not serving you, Mm -hmm. your joy, your happiness. But when you're in a space where you're choosing to be your true authentic self, you're continuously growing and evolving, which means you'll continuously lose people. Yeah. And I want to be clear. I've also lost people because I was the piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, you know, like it's not always, it hasn't always been the other person. Um, so they had to grow yeah. and, and they were like, bye, yeah. like, you you know, and, and, and it is what it is. But I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Human connection is important. That focus is important. Um, and making sure that we we're strategic. It, it, you know, really that means you're planning mm-hmm. and you just get better results when you plan I think yeah. beautiful things can happen impromptu. Don't get me wrong. And some things have happened like really serendipitously. I'm yeah. like, man, that was like, yeah. that was just like, that was God. That was the universe. Yeah. Like Dalai Lama. Right. It was everybody. It's like everyone came together. Yeah. Thank you, Oprah. Right. Yeah. Whatever. But, um, so I do recognize that, but I think planning is, is key. Is key. Yeah. yeah. So Definitely. I also have realized I've accepted <sighs> that I'm a connector mm-hmm. and that I would never sought out to be like a connector or even say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I value a brand or a company or an individual mm. who's looking to grow at a business or in their own business, then I'm like, okay, how do I connect the dots for these two people? And then they could, you know, just do an intro and like grow from there. Um, that's a whole. That's, that's a, a whole really beautiful thing. blessing, Akila. That's a really, and I know that that still takes work and consumes. It, it consumes some effort and time and like send an email relationships. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> if it is, but it doesn't. Also, it's your reputation, right? Because sometimes you might think something's really good, and then you're like, oh gosh, like maybe yeah. I shouldn't have made that connection. But but I think that that's the side of business we want to be on. That's 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 our reward that we get for doing some things right, and it's a pay it forward as well. Like I think. That's, there's a blessing in that, being in the position where you're like, man, let me connect these two. And it speaks a lot to your heart and yeah. um, your character. Well, thank you. So, yeah. yeah. I just want everyone to get money. You're trying to, yeah. I, I know. I see what you're exactly <laughs> you're trying to. You're like, I want everybody to win. I do. <laughs> yeah. I do. And, you know, money isn't necessarily winning, but money means, particularly for us, generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the kids yet, but when I do and like you, it's like being able to pass something on to them that they can choose to sell or continue to do, mm-hmm. but they're going to get money from it. And it's going to put them in a different place, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that is super important. I'm also realizing that um, you said something that was really important, which is like POS, well, black people, not necessarily wanting to celebrate people like us mm-hmm. um we're not even where we're supposed to be yet because we have goals and all mm-hmm. that other stuff killing it we're doing a great job right yeah 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 but um that's something that will increase over time as you get to like another place and this is when i like to be a nerd and just tie back to history aka slavery mm-hmm. right so black people in america it's the whole you're in the field, you're in the house situation. Mm-hmm. So when you grow and evolve and you're doing maybe more things with white people or larger brands or companies, now you are selling yourself out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
AKA being in the house because you had more privilege mm. in the house mm-hmm. opposed to what you would have on the field. Right. right. And the way slavery was designed, if you were in the house, they wanted you to feel more important mm-hmm. than the people mm-hmm. in the field. And that's a separation, separation thing. Yeah. And then it also goes back to, you know, black people who were also beating black people. That's the same thing. They were on the house side because they had privilege or the horse, they mm-hmm. had the whip, you know, and they were inflicting harm and pain. Right, right? right. And so that's really heavily rooted in black American culture. Yeah. Which you wouldn't really see so much in the UK. You wouldn't see that in the Caribbean. You know, you wouldn't see that as much in Africa, there's a whole caste system and colorism and that's a whole nother thing Mm -hmm. that happens there too. But it's something that makes it particularly harder for black businesses, right? Mm -hmm. Even when you see black owned businesses that, um, you know, like Brown Estate, the The winery, black winery, Mm -hmm. some black people are like, well, they're doing more stuff for white people. But they're actually just like a business. Right. And that, that's a, that's the thing. Because when Black people do business, we're expected to do it just for Black people. Right. But that's also history too. That is. But yeah. but but this is where I mean, let's get free. Because right. the truth is, is that we can't thrive by just doing business for Black people. Right. It's not, it, it, it doesn't even make sense. And the right. reality is, this is a Black-owned business. We will honor and 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 celebrate the dignity of black people mm-hmm. right we are going to make sure that we are able to reinvest into our black communities we're mm-hmm. going to make sure that we are hiring black people like there's the all these other representation and, and all of that media. right yeah, yeah like you know, but whatever. but that doesn't mean i actually want to take white people's money I want, they've been taking ours. So I'm like- I also have no problem taking- I have no problem taking anybody's money. Because the truth (laughs) is, is like, that is how wealth is built. It's not built on just taking black people's money or just taking Hispanic money or just taking Asian money. There's power in that dollar. There's power. Well, we already know we have a spending power. But but the truth is, is like, why wouldn't, if, if there are white people who want to invest in a black business, I see nothing wrong with that. If they want to come spend their money at this black restaurant, if they want to come, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I will take it. Right. Um, and so I, it's really interesting to me because all of a sudden when you become a black entrepreneur or you have a black business, it's meant to just be for black people, that only black people can benefit right. from it. Um, I don't agree with that. And there are some people that might argue with me and that's okay. Um, I want white people's money. I have no problem taking it. I want, yeah, I think, I think that um, we've given a lot of our money. Yeah. To their establishments, to their businesses, their hotels, their restaurants, everything. Right. And Your bought into their all the mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So that's yeah. I don't I don't see color as it pertains to money. I I, <laughs> I don't. I'm like, what? Everywhere else we do see color, but money. Yeah. So the thing that typically happens for um black businesses, black companies, black entrepreneurs is that when you compare them to white businesses, it all is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, of how you're growing, maybe well, when you get to a point where you want to grow and scale to the next level, that's when white that's people can issue. say like, hey, Craig, hey, Billy, Karen, mom, dad, uncle. Yeah, they have people they can tap into. They, right. they even have institutions that are in favor of supporting their businesses, right? right? Whereas Black-owned businesses yeah. would have to go to bank. Maybe if they get the loan, it'll be at a higher interest rate. Maybe if they get the maybe, loan. That, exactly. Mm-hmm. It'll be at different terms. And then maybe you'll have to go someplace that caters to black people and then you're going to get 15k mm-hmm. instead of 150k mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then so now you're now limiting your growth yeah and you and it really isn't setting you up for success like from no. the very get yeah um 
and and then it also limits where you can set up your business because exactly. you can only afford a certain thing. It's it's such right. a domino effect on the ability to scale up. But more importantly, because white people have generational wealth overall, then the people, the white people who are family members or maybe even close friends who invest in the business and the business grows, they now have equity in the business. Mm-hmm. They now are getting more money in mm-hmm. return. Mm-hmm. So they continually grow and thrive. Whereas black people don't have that opportunity. Some do, but most don't. And so now they're going into debt. Debt, yeah. Right? And eventually they'll have to close their business, start another one, go back to work, feel like a failure, feelings of all these things, right? Um, anyway, but you yeah. and I are changing that. Yeah, that's that's the whole point of this. Yeah. <laughs> I think... We have to talk about one more thing. Yeah. And that is relationships. Let's talk about it. <laughs> That's the juicy part. That is the juicy part. Yes. Um, so what do you want to talk about as far as these relationships? Um, I, don't, I mean, there's so many angles on it. There's so many. Yeah, there's so many angles. Um, for me, I was with my ex-husband for about 13 years. We, you know, were married for about nine Um we have three beautiful children. Um, he is still family, will always be family. Um, I pinch myself because we definitely, we definitely uh, had our separation and did all our stuff in the most loving and bomb way. Not without hardship. Like it was hard. It was hard emotionally. Right. But um, yeah, we live you know, 15 seconds walking from each other. <laughs> we lived together, separated for almost four years. Um, and when we got into these two new homes, uh, we were intentional about proximity. And and we're close and we have a friendship and we have an ultimate uh, priority, which is our children being at the forefront of not being this emotional hindrance in their life, this emotional block that like at 17, at 25, at 40, they're now telling their life partners or their friends like, oh, this point in my life, my parents didn't do this or did this. Like we're very intentional about, like we don't want to leave these emotional markers on them, and so we work very, very hard to um, to navigate, and and we have navigated our separation with like so much love and respect. Um, but it taught me a lot about love. It taught me a lot about a choosing a partner that you like. The, the staying together, everyone, like I remember an aunt of mine told me at my wedding, she literally, and I was so offended then, but now I'm like, oh man, she was so smart. She was like, don't think that divorce is above you. Oh yeah. And at my wedding, I was like, ah, I'm never getting divorced. You know, I was like, what? I'm in this forever. Um, and, and I recognize and realize now that what she was saying is, is that um, anything can happen. Right. The truth is people can even, people die. People grow, grow apart, all of these things. And um, I am so grateful for the discernment that was placed, you know, in my heart around and his character because he was just, he's just such a good person. Mm -hmm. Right. He's a really good person. Um, He's a solid human being. And uh, the husband wife aspect of it didn't work, but because I like him so much as an individual, as a person, mm-hmm. I was able to separate the two. And because we have children, I still value and honor his influence over our children's life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's been really beautiful. Um, but I realized that also love is hopeful. Mm. So love is this thing that you hope people grow into this. You hope that people will heal. You hope that people will show up in this way. You hope that people um, will 
understand you. you. There's all these hopes around love. And so when people ask me, you know, like, what do you think love is? I'm like, love is hopeful. And that's, you know, 99% of the reason why most people stay in things that they have no business staying in. Because if we actually addressed factual things in relationships, I think that we would um, we, we would exit a lot sooner than, you know, than we do. So um, I find that post, uh, you know, a marriage ending dating and what that's been like has been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a beautiful journey but and a complicated journey because like I said, for the first, you know, four years, almost four years, just under maybe about three years, actually, uh, we were living together, separated. And so now imagine dating and you're like, oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm living, you know. Max um, here. Yeah. And, real and, chill. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think men already have insecurity and ego around certain things like that. And so it was definitely mm-hmm. a challenge. But um, I did date somebody uh, pretty long term, actually. And it was it was a very complicated relationship. Um, and I'm going to leave that one at that um, because I've. I have healed from that and have decided okay. that it gets no more of my energy. Um, I'm, you know, in a relationship now with somebody who is really good. And again, a kind human, a good human. Um, and super stylish like you. Yeah, he's got some swag for sure. Just a lot. Oh, he he told me the other swag. day that he, he doesn't trust me dressing him. He's like, I think you're really good with dressing women. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. And I think I might just go a little over the top for him. <laughs> so I was so offended. I was like, what do you mean? I could totally dress you. Um, but it's been uh, it's been interesting. It's been interesting on how you do love over mm-hmm. when you've done it in some very serious long-term ways how you do not attach past experiences and um, behaviors or triggers onto this new person who's coming in fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also how do you use your mistakes that you made before and not repeat them? And there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers around love. It's particularly hard to date in the Bay is what I hear, which is why um, we're doing this event called Bays in the Bay. Um, so excited. Yeah. And so I'm really excited about that event. And it's really around conversations uh, that deal with love. Yeah. That deal with... <laughs> and hope. Yeah. yeah. Being hopeful <laughs> that, that that have married people there, that have people there with non-traditional views around what love looks like. You right. know, polyamorous relationships, open marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, some people who just don't believe in love at all. People who are really looking for love. People who want to have family. And some people who don't want family... Um, dating in a world of millennials and social media and dating apps and tech. And it's a thing. It's a, it's a lot to navigate. Yeah. It's a lot to navigate. And it can be really overwhelming if you don't set up some boundaries around how you want to show up for yourself in love. And I think that's the biggest question that most people have to answer for themselves. Um, I think that men do a much better job at dealing with facts and women like to deal with potential. And so a man would be like, wait, she don't cook? No, I can't date her. Like, it's that simple for them. It literally is that simple. And they, they, they will give the most ridiculous advice as to why they won't date somebody. Yeah. And women are like, girl, like, yeah, he's still living in his mama's basement. And he's, but he just, like, I know he's about to be big. And I, right. you know, or like, he, he's really talented. Like, I've heard him sing in, in the church choir and he's really killing it. And he wants to, like, record oh an God. album. No. It, it's all of this potential. Yeah. Um, and I think it has to be a balance of both. It really, yes. like, I think it's so good to see the potential in people. But it's 
also equally as important to see like action, commitment, drive, dedication, consistency. And consistency is the most important thing. And more than anything, it's very telling to me how people show up for themselves. Yeah. So if you don't care about your finances, if you don't care about your career, if you don't care about your family, how you show up for your family, you don't care about your health, you know, all these things. I am not going to look to you to care about those things for me. It doesn't, it's never going to balance out. It doesn't equal out that way. So I, I think that a lot of people ignore how people show up for themselves. Or if you show up for yourselves, people take that as being like self-indulging and just like. Like we started this podcast, um, you do what serves you because you deserve to be happy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty simple. I think technology and the things that you just said, all these things complicate everything as far as dating. There's a difference, just want to say for the record, from living with your mom or your parents versus they live with you Mm -hmm. or the mom lives with you, Mm -hmm. meaning you are the financial person taken care of. But Mm -hmm. if you are not, then it's like, okay, well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, circle back if you like get your shit together, you know. Um, or you need. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, or again, it's discernment. It's really being able to see, like, at the time that I met my ex, he was rebuilding his entire life. His company had gone completely under. He was back at home with his parents, very humbling, mm-hmm. credit shot. Like, mm-hmm. It was, it was very, it was a hard, it was a hard thing. And I just remember being like, wow, like, okay, this is a lot, but also he's very transparent about it. And, and when I look at all the things he has to offer, I'm like, this is not the type of person that's going to stay unemployed for long. This is not the type of person that's going to stay in, in, in the sunken place for, yeah. (laughs) So, so that's why when you have, I think when you have a spirit of discernment, you're able to really understand, um, the value in people and how they value themselves, then you can you can make adequate decisions. I think a lot of women also, um, and some of my really dear friends are going to hear this, but like you are the problem, and it's a really unpopular thing to say. But I <laughs> I like I will have friends who I'm like, man, like I love you as a friend. I would never date you. There are some very clear things <laughs> that you have to get together, work on. But it's okay. Move you, past. It's okay with working on yourself. Like I knew I wasn't the best person to date. Mainly because of being attracted to assholes and then not really knowing what I needed for self-love and just overall happiness. But I know those things now, but I had to work on myself to get to that But that's still centered around you. So what I'm saying is like, there are things that are men, or if you're into dating same sex, like your partner is looking for in you. Like, so the things that you're talking about are self-serving secular, like you have to work on. But what I'm talking about is... Not being a compassionate, like I have friends who are not really compassionate, who are not really patient. But I think that's not- where they could work on them. Right. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it, it's, it's not this, it's a thing that they have issue taking accountability for. Like saying, okay, I've dated this many men and I don't get called back after the third date. Mm-hmm. Each time. Mm-hmm. And if it's each time the moment you start talking about such and such or each time mm-hmm. the moment they, you know, maybe you you don't give them a chance to they speak. Go or, to your home. Or they go to your house. Yeah. 
and they're like, say what? Yeah. This is how you live it. Uh, whatever the whatever the thing is, I just think that 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 women also, I I challenge them to to not always be the victim in this dating thing. Cause it's because I I I hear obviously more female stories. And yeah. most of the time it's like, no. No, girl, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. He didn't. And I know them as individuals and I know where they thrive. And then I also know where I'm like, oh, I, I could see. And I, I have, it's me, you know, it's six of us as far as siblings. Yeah. So three brothers, I get it. Like I know what, <laughs> I have a pretty good like pulse on what men also are considering, uh, that can, what they consider to be important yeah. in, in relationships. I think I think we all have to hold this, each other accountable. I think we all have to, um, st- strive to be better. And, and I think it's important to ask people we're dating, like what they're looking for, because right. if what they're looking for doesn't align with what you're willing to give. Keep it moving. Yeah. Keep it moving. Well, with that said, how do people find you? Oh, <laughs> you're like, um, I'm all like, I'm not couch. giving you my address. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you, if you're interested in buying one of my incredible head wraps, uh, or handbags, Bykalu.com is the website, B-Y-K-A-L-U.com. Um, Instagram handler is by underscore Kalu, B-Y underscore K-A-L-U. That is, um, I would say the most effective way to get in touch with me. Um, I'm not, I don't do a lot on Twitter and Facebook, unfortunately. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I've realized I just want to manage like a few forms of, things um healthy boundaries yeah yeah yeah. and then also uh, for the boutique it's alice a-l-y-c-e on grand o-n-g-r-a-n-d um for our instagram and we are in oakland across from the grand lake theater so come check us out yes so um when um bays in the bay happens i will happily make sure i post it on my website and social media so people who are in oakland can be part of those really important, much needed conversations. But I just want to thank you for just giving us so many wonderful things to validate ourselves, grow from, aspire to. Um, You are a beautiful person inside and out. Thank you. I'm just so honored. Well, the pleasure was all mine. The pleasure is all mine. And you're doing, this is really dope what you're doing. And uh, I hope there's longevity in this. Um, and people recognize that hearing conversations and intimate conversations, you know, that are not scripted. Yeah. Cause I had no idea what you were asking me is <laughs> really important. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank right. you to you and everyone keep being amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the change today podcast. To learn more about change today, you can go to change today.com. That's C H A N G E. C-A-D-E-T dot com. And you can follow to learn more at Change Today podcast and at Change Today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>